Ladies and gentlemen, this very special bonus episode will include friendships both old and new, feedback both constructive and auditory, and at least one very exciting announcement about creative things. Welcome to Created Things, the only podcast that features two dudes sitting on a couch in Florida. I'm your co-host, Father Gabriel Teredic, Dominican priest, uh, scholar of things, and this is my co-host, Jacob Flores Popcheck, artist, psychotherapist, doer of things. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing so many things, dog. I'm doing so many things. You don't even know. This is the first, this is so exciting. So this is the first time we've ever been in person to do this podcast. We are sitting on the same couch in the same town in the same state. I'm just looking at us in the camera and this is kind of trippy because I mean, literally, I don't think I've seen you in person since we started this podcast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the last time that we saw each other in person was like at your wedding. Uh, so this is a so expanding now into a podcast world is a is a brand new thing. There was one. No, no, you came down right when we just started to do the podcast. You spent like five hours at my apartment and we did a photo shoot that I've been culling for content for our Instagram since then. Just that one single photo shoot at my old apartment. But yeah, I mean, since we started the podcast, no actual visual encounter. And here we are sitting in my actual living room. See, those who have been very fanatically, obsessively, um, frighteningly soccer level uh, following our um, our podcast, which, of course, I know <clears throat> probably tens of thousands of you already, which is, you know, I just that's just how it is when you're famous, you know, um, may have noticed, in fact, that in our in all of our promo material, in all of these amazing um social media posts that Jacob is doing that I'm in, in fact, the same clothes every time, <laughs> you know? And so everyone could tell that this was just one photo shoot, which is really embarrassing, you know? Right. I mean, you're making a joke with the fact that you do wear the same outfit every day, not unlike Mickey Mouse, but I actually am wearing the same outfit in every single photo that we post because of the exact reason that you're joking about. We normally, I, I kind of want to start with this. We normally do because you were traveling so much, I travel so much, we often do a little spot called in the world is Jacob and Father Gabriel. You want to tell them where we are right now? Well, currently we're sitting on a couch uh, in a two dude friends who are very comfortable with themselves and each other, kind of like right next to each other kind of way, which is, you know, a thing that you do. Um, but we are sitting currently in Orlando, Florida. Um, I, have, I have it on strong authority that there is and Everglade, which is apparently a thing that you can have a singular quantity of, which I did not know until yesterday. Uh, there is an Everglade uh, just ahead of me. I am currently looking at it. Um, gentle listener, you cannot tell. However, uh, the world is different when you are looking at an Everglade. Yeah, we're also three minutes from Disney property, which means that, again, for fanatical listeners, it's finally happening i'm taking father gabriel to a disney park to a theme park we may not ever actually do an episode on that topic but just so you know i've sort of kind of won at least a battle if not a war it's happening and i'm so excited that's tomorrow today we're going to a beach and and just in general doing a lot of celebrating and the reason we're doing a lot of celebrating is because we have a really big announcement. This is a special bonus announcement episode. Uh, we have been working on this announcement for a couple of months now. Uh, haven't gotten to share it with anybody. And before we tell you what the announcement is, we have a very special feller here to join us. He's the, uh, he's the big man on top over at Catholic Ventures, over at the, uh, you know, million strong Facebook group, Catholic Creatives. Uh, please welcome to Created Things, Mr. Matt Meeks. How hey, you doing, Matt? 
Good. How are you doing? Hey, Matt. It's great to see you, man. <clears throat> Good to see you, too. I like being called a feller. Yeah, you're a feller. You're <laughs> a little varmint and a feller. <laughs> Well, it's so, good to be here, Matt. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the uh, I'm gonna give you the baton here. I'm gonna give you the scissors. Why don't you uh, you want to make the announcement for us? Am I am I cutting the baton with the scissors or hitting? Yeah, the you're scissors cutting the baton. I'm mixed. Okay, all right, all right. Keep it keep it back. You just yeah. You just started this job. <laughs> yeah, happy to make happy to make the announcement. Um. Yeah, we're really we're really excited. So as you guys know, Catholic Creatives has been around for a few years. Um, we've had a couple in-person summits. Um, Amazing experiences. Yeah, really just wonderful time bringing the creative community around the world together. Um, and we've got Facebook groups and a Facebook page where that continues, you know, in real time, all, all the time. And um, uh, we've kind of gone through a transition. So Catholic Creatives was started by Anthony and Marcelino D'Ambrosio and a, a team of wonderful people that had this vision and got it up and running. Um, and Catholic Ventures has stepped in to help keep it going. Um, and in that transition, we've kind of come to the conclusion that the beauty and the power of Catholic Creatives is its community and the great people who are a part of it and the people who feed into it. And so we put a pause on the official Catholic Creatives podcast for a little bit. And we're just kind of praying through and thinking through what is phase two of Catholic creatives. Meanwhile, Creative Things was making brilliant content uh, uh, and putting their podcast, podcast out. And it just seemed like a natural fit that these, these two great members of our community would come on board and be a podcast of Catholic creatives and um, kind of help be um, contributing members of the voice of this community out to the world. And so we've had conversations over the last few months and we're really, really excited to have created things be an official podcast of Catholic creatives and a podcast of our community. Yeah, dude, we're officially sponsored. We're officially the East India trading company has bought us out. We, we, <laughs> we're owned by the man, but it's a good man. We like the man because yeah. Uh, Catholic creators is freaking rad. I, I will give my background with this. So I kind of was one of the first members of the Facebook group. I mean, first, you know, 100, 150 members. I mean, not one of the first three or something like that. But um, back then, my good friend, Catherine, who was working very closely, we had studied together at the Theology of the Body Institute, and she was working for the D'Ambrosios. And she had added me to the Facebook group, like super early on. And I, you know, got one of the first invitations to the actual first summit. Um, very exclusive, very sexy guys. You have to know someone who knows someone. And um, yeah, it was amazing. It was everything I always wanted a Catholic conference to be. Um, the conversations that are had in the group are super cool. The community and the people that it draws are super cool. And it, it was really just a safe place for different artists, both working in and outside the church, but who share a common spirituality to vent to each other, to get ideas from each other, to support each other. Um, so I, I've always been really impressed by both the mission and the way that mission is executed. And then Father Gabriel, um, I sort of snuck you into the second summit that happened like two years later. And, and then you sort of picked up with Catholic Creators from there, including with the, the old Catholic Creators podcast. You want to talk about that? Yeah, so I think my first experience with the Catholic Creatives was um, uh, that D'Ambrosio's had me on with their uh, the original podcast there, um, and that's a really powerful, really beautiful, long conversation about friendship, especially living with God, trying to unpack some of these ideas, um, the beauty of friendship, all of this, um, and it was you know it was a powerful conversation. <clears throat> I really love getting to just kind of talk with them, think through these ideas together. Um, and then this kind of new thing happened, which was that I kept meeting all of these different people, especially, you know, people in the young adult group uh, where Jacob and I met in Cincinnati and then other people uh, who would be reaching out to me online and things saying like, you know, I heard, I heard this, I heard you on this podcast and it was like really helpful. And this, this conversation was a great thing for me, et cetera. Um, and I thought, this is really great. You know, like these people are um, like Catholic creators is giving people a chance to reflect on the beauty of their life, uh, the way in which like, God enables the human person to like 
work for uh, work for beauty, discover beauty, like live a life of beauty. Uh, I mean, all of these different ways. Um, and it was really amazing for me as somebody who, you know, studies and thinks about beauty a lot, um, but doesn't unfortunately have really any artistic talent of any kind, you know, uh, to be able to be a part of it, to be able to enter into that conversation um, and to reflect on it and really like share in this life of uh, reflecting and speaking about beauty was really a great thing for me. It was really beautiful. Um, and yeah, and then it happened that one time, uh, so the second summit down in Dallas, uh, it just so happened that by the grace of God, um, I had been in Waco, Texas and was just that day uh, driving up to visit my sister in Dallas. Um, and uh, and Jake was like, well, you know, I could just break, break you into this thing. And I thought, yeah, you know, I have no creative talent and I, yeah, I'll come. Yeah, absolutely. So I just sort of broke in uh, and like hung out with these people for a while and had this amazing time. Uh, also discovered um, as one does, you know, that like not only was this organization doing really wonderful things, but actually that most of the really amazing young Catholic artists I knew uh, were, were there in fact. Uh, so it was this great, exciting moment for me to see that like over the course of, you know, my life as a Dominican, I've gotten to know all these wonderful creatives, all these wonderful people who are like giving their life to make art, to make films, to make, uh, to uh, do uh, photographs and like all these kinds of things. And they, they seem to all be gathered in one place, uh, which was just this powerful thing to realize like, wow, there's really a, a community here that's forming, um, which I think is exactly the thing that um, real, a real, Christian culture of thinking about the world and beauty really needs. Um, so it was a great, it was a great gift for me. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I was super happy to have you there. And I will say as a side note, I, mean, I wish you would stop just like undermining yourself that way because you're a phenomenal writer. You say you have no artistic talent. You are a phenomenal writer. I mean, you produce a, a ridiculous Hamilton-esque level of content on a regular basis without even getting into your homilies in this podcast. So you are absolutely a creative in the truest sense. But that said, I, um, yeah, I'm just so honored to be representing Catholic creatives in this way by becoming kind of the first uh, podcast of, of Catholic Creatives 2.0. And Matt, I want you to sort of speak to, if you don't mind, not that I'm inviting you to blow smoke up our asses or something, but I, I would love to hear you elaborate on what you felt about our content matched um, where you want Catholics, Catholic creatives to be going in this, in this new age of the organization. What, what attracted you to this and what was complementary there to, to the mission that you're pursuing in this new iteration? Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd love to. So the, um, and let me, for people who don't understand kind of how Catholic creatives operates behind the scenes, we have admins, like an admin team of volunteers that are really just like the lifeblood of Catholic creatives. They put the posts out, they engage with people, they approve people, you know, submitting to join the community. Um, and it's all a volunteer based thing. And the, the center of energy of gravity of those admins is JP. And um, JP is just he is such a freaking badass. And yeah, he's but, explicitly asked that we never say his full name on the podcast, which is insane. But he is such a badass. That's what just JP. That's all you need to know. Yeah, but he's he is he is um, yeah. He just holds it all together, and he's he's phenomenal. And he has chosen that this is where he's going to pour his heart and his time and his energy into the church. And it, through through doing this, and it's it's very appreciated. And so JP was the first. You know, we were praying as admins. There's a few things we've been talking about since Catholic Ventures kind of um, stepped in and 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 helped get Catholic creatives kind of moving forward. And 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 really, that's been a lot of behind the scenes work with the admins, which has been praying about who we are, talking to them about uh, where we want to go. Um, you know, talking about what does it mean to build not just communities of creativity, but communities of creativity, like rooted in prayer and rooted in the Lord so that God can flow through our creativity. And, um, and a lot of that started, as I was saying earlier, leaning towards like, we need to look to the community before we just try to create things ourselves or spend money on things that like the admin group has an idea, and let's just create a new podcast. And so, so we started doing that. And JP brought forward creative uh, things. So I haven't I hadn't heard of it until JP brought it to us. And um, 
And he was just like, you have to check out their content. And I have no idea if it's even a possibility, but why are we talking about podcasts when they're doing the podcast? And so, uh, so anyway, I, I listened and I had all the admins listen and we meet every month. So it was a month between us all listening and coming back together. And every single admin was like, oh yeah, that's it. Like that's, that's really good. We should, we should talk to them. And so what is it about the content that I like? Um, and I, I can only speak for myself. I, like the other admins chimed in and said like, this is it, but I didn't get a lot of like, here's why. So I'll just give my why. Um, I think that, and I, I gave a talk on this recently, but I think that when I reflect on like man being made in the image and likeness of God and what differentiates us from the rest of creation, there are two things. And that is um, creativity. Uh, like we create for the sake of creating, other animals create for a purpose. And so um, that's one thing we do differently. And the other thing is, is our capacity for mercy you don't see mercy, like mercy is supernatural. Um, and, um, and I think just in knowing Jacob as a person and following him online for years, I've seen both of those in him in abundance, like him walking those two pieces. Um, and so at first, when I was like going into the podcast, I was, I was wondering, you know, kind of how is that going to live and breathe through this podcast? Um, but then I found myself just laughing all the time, you know? So like, um, so then there was this humor element on top of that. It wasn't too serious and it was looking to, it was bringing in things from the world and like super nerdy things from the world that only a few people know, but that's fine because that's what we need to talk about. That's where like culture happens. And, um, and so I wouldn't use like, I wouldn't, it's not. I don't know if I have the right word for it. It's like there's a rebelliousness um, and, and not so much that it is in rebellion against anything except for our own perceived structures of what art and the church should be. And, um, and so it was that piece too. So when you get this like union of creativity, mercy, friendship, rebelliousness, and humor, like all pouring into one thing, that, that is what I've seen in the Catholic creatives community. And, and, so it felt to me like this podcast was exemplifying what I loved about the community and why I was very excited for us to be a part of it. That's so fantastic. I mean, it's, it's really beautiful to hear it, you know, like I, um, my own sense of like how, like how, how art and all works in the church and, and it's place of importance and like the, its gift for us as a vocation is um it's like really informed by john paul ii's um kind of rich understanding of this that like um that culture is not something that we like war against culture is not something that we like um ideologically propose uh or impose still less um but that culture is something we create you know that we that we that we generate it um, that culture is the way in which the human person shares together reflecting on the mystery of what it is to be a human being um, by, by, by living together, by, uh, by, the, by the ethos that we build, by, by our experiences and by the things that we create, how we create them, how we do them, you know? Um, and I, it was, it, just, it was just a delightful thing for, uh, uh, I have to give the credit, Jay, it was Jacob's idea very courageously to just say, like, we should just try this podcast just as, um, just as a pure, um, as a kind of a pure offering, as a pure kind of creation, like not really expecting necessarily that anybody would really listen to it not necessarily expecting that we would that this would be like this would be the thin end of the wedge that you know transforms a catholic culture or whatever but just this you know arising from a friendship arising from a from a, a gift of love that, that that god had given us as friends um and then a love of beauty a love of reflecting on the world uh and a love of reflecting on uh the mystery of being a human being by 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 the act of creation um and that i uh, it's just that I think that that anybody has to offer. Um, and it's that I think that I'm personally really excited, that exact dynamic that I'm personally really excited uh, about being so dramatically at the heart of Catholic creatives. Um, so if I feel like from my perspective, um, this is a great joy to be kind of like found in the part in, in the heart of a community of people who are who are looking with 
I think what sounds to me like really just the exact same mission uh, mm-hmm. and the same love and the same hope um, that brought us randomly into this podcast in the first place. So it's a it's a really exciting um, uh, way of discovering discovering a, a new way of kind of creating culture together. I think. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and I want to thank you so much, Matt. I mean, that was such a honestly surprisingly affirming explanation. I thought you were going to talk about the podcast. And it was so kind of you to talk about me and, and us so much. Um, but I, I do want to say, piggybacking on what Father Gabriel said, there, there really wasn't and still is not kind of by an act of sort of active will, um, any agenda behind this podcast. Um, you know, Father Gabriel and I live very crazy lives. Uh, you know, he has pastoral duty as, as Nacho Libre says, you know, he has dead guy duties and priestly duties. And, and then I, you know, am, am kind of the third or fourth generation in a very chronically workaholic family. And I, um, I was talking to a, a couple friend of my wife and I, and I was saying, yeah, I've been really like I'm not sure how to explain it, but I've been really getting into like um, like some some art stuff that I'm like not doing to sell or to like build up my portfolio, and it's not even my style. It's just sort of like this quirky thing that I'm doing, like when I'm too tired to do other work, and I'm like explaining at length, and the and the guy at the ta- other end of the table goes, "You're describing a hobby." You're just, that's what you're talking about. And then like that blew my mind in half. I was like, oh shit, I don't even know what a hobby is. And so <laughs> this podcast really came from an extension of Father Gabriel and I saying two things. One, that we needed a sort of um, workaholically justifiable way to keep our friendship active where we're like, well, we can justify to ourselves talking at length once a week to each other and being friends if we sort of say it's a podcast and we can like fit it in with the schema of our debilitating workaholism but then the um the other part of it was me just really trying to do something that was just out of love and just for friendship and wasn't to promote a portfolio or anything which is often something we discuss in the podcast that that to be art rather than propaganda or porn Mm -hmm. or any of those things um, what defines that is not so much a content difference, but rather a spiritual difference behind it, that art mm-hmm. does not have an agenda. It's okay with you drawing multiple conclusions and, and pornography propaganda is inherently, you know, we want you to take this one emotional experience away um, and as manipulative as a result. And I think I would like to believe, and I think I hear this in what you're saying, Matt, that that is <laughs> this, that's what made this podcast that we had no illusions was going to be a thing and had no agenda for doing anything great in the church or any anything lofty at all like why that suddenly is adopted by you guys because it was and is totally agenda free and is just an exploration of our friendship and is just an exploration of the arts and nerdy culture and on all those things that you talk about I mean, that to me, having been to the summits is, I think, a charism that's really important to the identity of Catholic creatives. You know, I, we hear a lot in the various conversation threads like, oh, is it okay that I'm a, a Catholic, but I'm doing this kind of art? Or is, you know, is this thing okay to even watch or appreciate or participate in? And, you know, I would like to think that in this second generation of Catholic creatives, we're reaching even further into the inherent okayness of authenticity and agenda-free creation. And I would like to think that this podcast represents that in some sense. I hope that's not too lofty. What do you think of, of this idea, though, of kind of freedom and authenticity in creation, pulling away from agenda for the future of this organization? What, what hopes do you have specifically for that with, with the future of Catholic creatives and, and this podcast? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And, and bef- let me mark that and go back to it with one thing I realized I forgot to mention too. So in the process of the decision to bring you guys on and sponsor this podcast, 
Um, Anthony and I have remained very close and are working and collaborating really closely together. And so for Anthony, him, Anthony D'Ambrosio. Yeah, Anthony D'Ambrosio. And so for him being one of the founders of the organization, I had him listen to this too. And he was like, yeah, that's, this is phenomenal. You know, he, so it's like, oh, thanks, it goes, all, it goes all the way back, you know, and in terms of, um, um, that so agenda free creation, um, yeah, you know, it's been something that I've struggled with in my process because I think I'm a creative at heart, but I got a business degree because my mom kept saying major, just like major in business or minor in business when I kept jumping majors between all of the things that I wanted to geek out on. And, <laughs> and, and so I graduate with a business degree and I go into business and that path inherently taught me, like it just modeled to me the, the, you know, propagandistic side of creativity. How do you create things toward a purpose? That's what marketing is in a sense. Like you create beautiful visual things and you create quote unquote art, but art that drives towards an, that manipulates an emotion towards a drive to get somebody to fall in love with a product or a cause or you name it. And yeah, so that's a God. Yeah. 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 And, and then that's even translated into how I think about evangelization. Like as a marketer, how do you think about creating beautiful things that cause somebody to fall in love with God? And, and that's flawed um, in, in its thinking because beauty in and of itself are like arrests you in the moment to like into this beautiful presence that is God or it points towards God. And so it's not, I don't think, I think you can, manipulate it to some degree, but I think that the, the most profound experiences are the ones that are authentic. Um, and so it's been a, a creative journey of mine to break the bad habits that I've built as a marketer. Well, those are still good things to know, like, the, like on a natural level, like psychology and human behavior and all of those things enhance art. It's nice to know that, but to be able to set them aside and really fall back on God and trust God. And even the process of coming in and taking the helm of Catholic creatives has been that because I've had all these big dreams and ideas for Catholic creatives. Um, but I've, I've chosen instead through working with the admins and, and seeing certain things not work that no, like Catholic creatives is a community for of God and for God. And I need to take a step back and observe and see how he works through it. And and then we find things like your podcast, you know, so it's, it's, um, uh, I think that's very important. I think the other thing that I was going to say that ties into your question that, um, ties into both of your questions, why the podcast and authenticity, um, is, so I worked in Hollywood for a while and I was, I was involved with the kind of, we, it was like the, called the web TV movement, but people who were creating television outside of the traditional television system. So, like one of the original big shows was um, the the Guild with Felicia Day, which was a, a TV show of Warcraft gamers that like had to solve real world problems outside of their house. And and she couldn't sell that show to mainstream, but she sold it like she put it online and then Xbox acquired it and she made a ton of money because there was an audience, but traditional entertainment didn't see that audience. So there was all these people doing these types of shows. And I was very involved in that community and, and very inspired by that community. And one of the things that I learned is I witnessed like true creatives in a system. Like you look at Michael Bay, he's the marketer who became a, you know, he's the guy who creates towards a goal, which is money. And he knows how to create big flashy things that are like, it's, it's movie porn, like explosion porn, and then people pay for it. Um, but, but I wouldn't necessarily call it art. Um, so I saw that side of Hollywood. And then I saw the side of people that were like grinding it out on the ground level, trying to create something that was just from their heart, but it didn't fit the system. And, um, and what I realized between the, the fake creative and the true creative, and it's not fair to call them fake. I think it's probably, it's probably better to just call them the lost creative. What I realized yeah, I between like like yeah, the lost creative, sort of yeah you know, become wayward in some sense, but still has the capacity for real creativity inside of them. Yeah. Yeah. The lost creative and the true creative is like the true creative is like, they are nerds like in, through and through. And it doesn't mean like nerds in the typical sense, but they have latched onto something. They are passionate about something and they, they like explore every angle of that something and they dive into that something and they bleed that something and they work through that something. And like they suffer with that something. And, um, 
and they'll talk your ear off about that something if you give them the chance, you know, and, and, um, and I get, I mean, that's truly what a nerd is. Like there's somebody who's so lost in the thing that they care about that everybody else is like, they're, they're on that, on the edge, you know? And, um, and uh, I have found, and, and really like what's buried in that is a particular genius. Like it's, it's something that has latched on, like found beauty in something that they need to unlock and explore in their own particular way or push through their own particular lens. And, um, and that's really authentic. And the people who put, who, who lean into that rather than, than being the, you know, the lost creative who's be, like trying to be creative towards a purpose or because they think it's cool or because it gets them money or because of all these other things like those, the people who lean into their nerdiness are the people that I love. And, and the, like the, 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 like the real like gems that I found in this community, um, the, the people that inspire me and, um, and I got to tell you, you too have a real like breadth of nerdiness in you that, you know, like you have leaned into it's so wide, many things. Wide spectrum. <laughs> wide spectrum of just like, you guys can geek out on so many things. So, so I love it. I, I thank you for adding that because I think that's also an important charism of the show. And I want you to talk about this for Gabriel, but I'm going to just set it up and throw it over to you and, and you too, Matt. Um, this charism of liking things that so often in popular culture anyway, Christians have been defined by the other's gaze, the secular gaze, and then also defined by their own sort of self-narrative as people defined by their otherness, by not liking things. You know, we don't do that. We don't like that. We don't watch that. We don't believe in that. We don't love that. And, and I hate defining anything by what it's not, right? I think there's something inherently flawed in that. I mean, with exception. Um, and I think a real unspoken charism that we're trying to aim at in the podcast, we don't always do it perfectly, but it's just like the inherent goodness of really liking something, that that is a spiritual exercise, that there's a charism to that. I, I would love to hear more of your thoughts explicitly on that, Father Gabriel, and then anything you want to throw on Matt. Sure. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's a helpful point. Like I remember uh, one time when I, when I was in graduate school, <clears throat> the first time. Uh, yeah. Um, so listen, you know how, like, this is a side note, you know how like this, these like ads from like the eighties and the nineties, it's like, Hey kids, it's cool to stay in school. Like, I'm just gonna tell you right now, like it's not okay. Like uh, it's, it's like after, after you've been through your, after you cross 10 years of uh, postgraduate coursework, it is no longer cool to stay in school. To quote, or to paraphrase uh, Adam Sandler's Billy Madison, if staying in school is cool, then I'm Miles Davis. <laughs> this is, this is, yes, this is me. This is, this is who I am. Yes, exactly. Um, so um, yeah. Uh, but thinking about this, like, I remember, so I was thinking about this, sorry, the distraction, I'm distracting myself. Um, I, I, you know, meeting, meeting all these new, new people and, um, and somebody who's going to become, who was to become a very close friend of mine, um, Polish Dominican friar. Um, we, we had just finished a conversation with somebody and he said like, and I thought, wow, this person's like really insightful, really cool, like really has a good sense for whatever. And like, as that person walked away, he just said like, did you notice that like, every single person object or thing that came under discussion that person um proposed uh just the thing that's wrong with it just that that little thing that's wrong with it uh and it was this like revelation to me realizing that like oh my gosh like i have this a bit of a natural tendency to do that myself to find that like to distinguish myself to show that i'm kind of smart show that i'm I understand things, I can analyze them. Like I'm the one who can figure out what's wrong with it. You know, like everybody else wants to like it, but I can show you why you shouldn't like it and those kinds of things. Um, and like discovering that that's actually like a spiritual temptation, that that's actually like a closing down of the heart, uh, which in this context was a relational one. You know, it was like discovering um, the way that this was um, impinging on the freedom of, of, of somebody. Um, but that I was, I was also absorbing it as something that was impinging on my own freedom uh, to respond to things in my own way, you know? It was very profound, it was like a real revelatory uh, thing for me. Um, and I can say like, I've definitely had my own difficulties through the course of my life, like being willing 
to just see something on its own terms, um, I can I can very profoundly, like with almost physical strength, remember the experience of like walking into like an art museum when I didn't know very much about art. My dad is loves art. He was art history major in college. He would always take us to museums and stuff. And I would like walk into the, to this room and like my first thought wouldn't be like, do I like this? It would be going like straight to the artist's name to be like, is this a good artist or not? You know, in other words, like, should I like this or not? You know, and I remember having very profoundly the same sense about poetry. Like, uh, I, I, I have this very strong memory of being like in junior year of high school and like not knowing antecedently whether W.H. Auden was like a good poet that it was okay for me to like or not. And like, and like as a result, being completely unable to actually enter into or engage with his poetry like literally at all you know um so i've definitely had these experiences of like having to come to terms with all of those things like come to terms with the cheap trick of like just finding the thing that's wrong and pressing on that so that i look smarter or more creative or better or whatever um and then also overcoming like um the suspicion of um i this suspicion of and fear of kinds of art that I don't know and don't understand. Um, and so, the way that that's sometimes grounded out of like a, a mistaken sense of my Christianity. Uh, and sometimes it's just grounded out of like a, a an, an imperfection in my own heart of various kinds. Um, and so I feel like a lot of my own uh, growing in Christianity, growing in, in manhood has been coming to that freedom to be willing to, to try to, to take something on its own terms you know, to be able to just see it on its own terms and um, encounter it as such. And I want to throw in too, and, and not at the expense of any point that you would want to make, Matt, but something that only just occurred to me as you were saying this is I think to do that, you have to embrace an even deepened charism, which is one of the kind of core of our um, podcast. You know, I'm a longtime student of Theology of the Body. It was very key to my entrance kind of into my own ownership of the faith your your mentor was uh, a polish priest who was deeply steeped in actual like hardcore mainline black tar jp2 shit so like the undercurrent of our podcast i think is a self-acceptance and a surety of our own goodness as created beings like my identity is as a created thing Right, that's that's sort of the main created thing that the podcast is about is us being created things. And I think the fear of liking something ultimately comes from the fear that if I interact with something that is too nerdy or isn't well-crafted enough or is something that I could be picked on or is something that I could find out 10 years down the line is quote-unquote sinful or whatever you know, quirk or maladaptive belief you're bringing to the table, that, that somehow that thing could rub off on me and lower my dignity. Mm -hmm. And so I think the courage that we are, excuse me, that we're trying to aspire to in the podcast and the courage that we hope to inspire other people with to passionately like things and explore what they like and find the deeper spirituality and inherent mysticism behind the things they like and grow create more cool things that they like is this understanding that I first as a created thing have such an integrated dignity that even if I discovered that the thing was somehow shitty down the road, it could not in any capacity lessen my identity as God's perfectly created thing what do you think of of these ideas matt i i'm really curious yeah, to have you I'm, throw in here i'm 100 percent with you both um the uh like we are called to sanctify the world with christ right like he flows through the church his his you know his sanctifying being flows through the church which includes all of us and our own unique desires and loves and 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 he reaches out through our hearts into the things that we care about and sanctifies them and and you know i think of like i think of the mass as like the the like it's like the lungs of the world except it's like your the church breathes out oxygen not breathing it in so it breathes in the carbon dioxide 
brings it into the heart, which is really like we lift up our hearts alongside the heart of Christ, put it on the altar. Those hearts are lifted up, sanctified, put back in us. And then we're breathed, oxygen is breathed out into the world. But it's not, it's breathed out in the world through the things that we care about. It's breathed out into the world through like through our loves. And so um, I think I've made the mistake, you know, like as you, I think as a, a novice in, in my love of God, you fall in love with how perfectly ordered he is and how perfectly ordered his church is and in the systems and how beautiful they are. Cause you see systems in nature and you see systems in the church and you see systems in grace and you see these beautiful systems. And so it's easy to say, in our like limited human mind, these things are outside of the systems and therefore they're outside of, of like God's desire for sanctification. Um, and, um, and so I think it's easy to point out the flaws in others. It's easy to point out because then it's, it's, cause then you can stay safe in the system that you love as a novice in this, in this system. Um, and, um, and I think we all make that mistake where I've found the greatest spiritual growth and I'm still working on it is to be totally comfortable pointing out those things in myself, but not seeing them in others because I can't have gratitude. I think about the story of the, the, the Pharisee and the, the, the person outside the temple where the, the Pharisee is going into the temple. Thank God. I'm not like this person. Right. And, and feels justified and, and grateful. They're saying, I'm grateful. for. Thank the God. We're not like Michael Bay. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'd be happy to be like him. That'd be nice. For a <laughs> At least one formality, yeah. For like a day, you know, it'd be good. Um, but no, they. But thank God, I'm not like this person. And they, and and then the person is saying, "I'm not worthy." Is the one who has the opportunity for true gratitude, and from true gratitude flows the abundance of grace and the abundance of the Christian life. It 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 comes from a grateful heart, um, and. Um, so yeah, I think what Father Gabriel was saying, I've gone through that process too, where you have to let go of, you have to let go of these like rigid, you know, I am this, I'm striving to be this, and I do it through these processes. And those who are outside of the processes, like I pity them, but thankfully I'm not them. And like, that is not of God. That is of the accuser. He uses the processes to accuse people. And, um, and, and so um, but yes, we are called to sanctify the world and we are called in our own unique ways to do that through our hearts and um, like the things that we love because God lines up right in what we love and it explores that with us and sanctifies it. And, um, and there, I think there are very few things that are unsanctifiable. There are things that are inherently sinful. Like there are things that, that are evil that can't be. Um, but so much of that gets into the nuances of will and heart and what the person what the person's intentions are. And those are things that the Lord sorts out with that person. So it's very important for us to just like lift up the good that we see. And in those confusing places where that person's wrestling with areas that they need to wrestle with, with God, you know, we be there as a friend and we might speak into it a little bit, um, but we need to constantly lift up the good, reinforce the good, water the good, water the beautiful, let that grow. Um, and let that person on their path pursue that heart that is striving for God. And you just kind of guide it as a friend. And that's what community's for, you know, to, and, um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I, I resonate with everything you guys are saying the other, the other, I, I have a tendency to, to rant a little bit, but the, um, the other thing I'll, I'll tell is a, is a framework through which I look at the world off. And I'm friends with a priest who's getting his, um, he's, he's a lifelong academic father, Gabriel, like yourself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he's now working on a PhD specifically diving into, he's a philosopher, like the book of life and thinking of it like a play and that God has written these roles for all of us. And I pushed back against him. We met in Rome and I, and something as he was saying it, I just felt he was almost there, but it didn't feel right. And I'm obviously not. He's smarter than I am on this subject. Um, but I said, I don't think it's a play. I think it's an improv. And uh, I said, I think that God has given, um, like, like you go to an improv show and they have rules, like they call it playing improv. And they'll call out on the stage, like, give me a name, give me this, give me that. Those are the rules of the stage, but there's no script. And then the actors in their own creativity create a story from the rules 
And I think that, that life is that just that God throws out these, these words, you know, like these boundaries. And then he says, have at it. Like he doesn't give us a script. That's a rigid thing we have to follow. It's, it's boundaries that our hearts play within. And, and he's there just kind of like laughing, you know, like laughing, laughing and loving how we, how we take that and create something new on the stage. So anyway, those are my thoughts. I, I absolutely love that because like, this is something that I've just had to come to terms with so many times is like, um, that, you know, that like, that like Jesus Christ is not fragile, you know, like he's not a teacup. I'm not going to like break him. If I just like do something that's the teensiest little bit like wrong, you know, I remember like this, this, this deep friend of mine who, who sort of, uh, helped, uh, unbind me of, of some of my own kind of moralistic close-mindedness in various ways. Like I remember him telling me one time, like, um, uh, this is in confession. I whatever, but confessing some dumb thing, and uh, and he just said like, um, you know, God doesn't need you to defend him. Oh, <laughs> and I like blew up. I blew up because there's this complete transformation of mind. Mm -hmm. Like, well, but of course he does because like, but I gotta you know, and I gotta do this, and I gotta you know, whether people are wrong, I gotta tell them they're wrong, and all of this, and like, and and don't you know, uh, don't get me wrong, like, uh calling attention to error and removing error. I mean, these are important parts of my yes. life as a Dominican, you know, and so there's an appropriate time and a place for this. But, you know, suddenly, but the point was that the emphasis here is doesn't need it's the need right that like god is not so delicate and fragile that like if i don't throw everything i have into this one very particular framework then like everything's going to be ruined and the kingdom can't come about and like god's plans for the worlds are shattered and like we have to god had this like ideal top shelf version of the world but like because i was so crappy in these things and like i i, I got into this kind of thing i shouldn't have gotten into and like i learned to like poetry that i shouldn't have liked then like now we're in this like 27th tier like um plastic bottle drop it on the ground and it won't break kind of two dollar bottle of vodka version of life you know um and like i think i really had this idea that um that that was why i had to be so like narrow and so and so constrained within even like what i wanted to like what i was willing to like what i was willing to appreciate um is this ultimately this fear that like somehow god god depended on me to be exactly right so that his world would be exactly the way that it was supposed to have always looked, you know, mm -hmm. just fitting this like play part just exactly right. Otherwise, like something was terribly wrong, you know, um, and I, I really I hadn't ever thought of that image of like the improv, but I think that's actually very beautiful because there is this like um, it points to this expansiveness of the heart that like mm -hmm. what um, what is happening uh in Eden, for instance, is that like God creates the human person with the freedom to love, you know, uh, and that sin is always this um, uh, cramping, this diminishment of the heart in its in its freedom to love, you know, uh, and that like our our able our ability to grow as Christians is like um, ability to really see and understand and love god in the way that he manifests himself and the way that like the world praises him um and the way that i am drawn into that in this just actually genuinely radical like to the root kind of freedom yeah yeah well i i this idea of love i mean we talk about it so often it's not like i mean it almost too often and yet we don't talk about it anywhere near enough because especially when it comes you know because a big component of catholic creatives right is posting our own art and and getting feedback um in some cases posting other art that we feel weird about and asking for help people to kind of help guide us through it um but sometimes historically and i think the admins especially jp have gotten really really good at shepherding this in an authentically christ-centered way sometimes that has historically dipped into um mean-spirited criticism mm -hmm. right and and the group is at its best when we work together to kind of root that out. And it doesn't happen often. I don't want to scare people away from anything, but it, it happens every once in a while. And I think what you're talking about with love is so important because um, actually it's kind of secondary cool announcement um, this week, we're going to be airing a very exciting interview with the actual creator of uh, the papyrus font, who so is maybe one it. of the most criticized font designers ever in history and we're super excited to have been able to interview him chris costello um and uh we've already recorded that interview and you know something we hit on with him 
is that to provide accurate artistic criticism, you have to love the thing. And you talk about improv, you know, this is funny, the late Norm MacDonald used to say this about SNL as well, that you can't uh, do an impression of someone, a good, your impression of someone will not be good if you do not love them, um, like deeply. And I think that's so important too, that both as we critique ourselves and each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, but also when we as artists critique each other's art, if it's coming from a place of, mm, I don't like that. And that's not what I would have done. If I had done it, then it's not going to be helpful criticism, whether it's constructive, i.e. criticism that happens before the final product is released, or just completely non-constructive where I've already released the product and you're giving me feedback that I can't possibly implement because it's in the world. No, right? No matter which side of the creative process that's on, if it's coming from that eh, kind of place, it's not going to be helpful. It's not going to to use art school terminology, effective, or to use moral terminology, uh, it's going to be desolative, right? In the sort of the Ignatian sense. But if I love you, and I really love your art, actually, whether it's the art that you've made or whether it's the art that you are, and I'm saying, wow, I love you so much, or I love that thing you made so much. And actually, I think it'd be even more effective if we adjusted the curing on that font just a little bit, or if we pivoted the desire of your innermost heart just a little bit, or if we you know, brightened the contrast just a titch, um, or if you thought about or prayed about it this way, right? That's real authentic, quote unquote, constructive criticism or artistic feedback. And it starts again with that self-security in my own identity as a created thing of God's loving artistic hand and out of a genuine love, both for the person and for the cool art that they made. And I, you know, I want to pivot the conversation soon to the future of Catholic creatives, because I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this episode for that reason, interested what they can look forward to and things like this. But I will just say for myself, I'm really hopeful in kind of a spiritual jubilee year type of a way that we're entering a new phase, both in Catholic creatives and more broadly, you know, you, Matt, talk a lot about Catholic creatives being a catalyst for renaissance in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm so I'm hoping by extension that we're entering a new phase in the church where where criticism or feedback, I guess I'd prefer to call it feedback, comes from that authentic place of, holy crap, I love that so much. I love you so much. And wouldn't it be even more effective if blank? Yeah. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to talk to get into the future of Catholic creators and just to conclude my thoughts on it, Jacob. I think the thing that's been central to my discernment in working for the church and the thing for which I probably work the hardest often with myself before I'm able to do it with others is, is like Jesus's final prayer in John 17. So this is his priestly prayer. This is what he is offering himself for. And he's praying to the father for unity among his apostles, among his followers down the line, unity for us, unity rooted in him, and I think as we discern criticism or as we discern journeying with a person or journeying with a, a work that someone's doing or any of those things, we need to ask ourselves, is my, is what, is, is what and how I'm communicating working towards unity or is it driving division? And um, because the, like, if you love, if you are a passionate lover of the heart of Jesus, the heart of Jesus wants unity in his church and among his people. And, and he sees in his church, he, he gives us as a family. And so it's familial unity. He wants a family united. And, um, and so I think it's just like in giving, like, so when Jacob's talking about love, you have to love. You, you have to recognize that every conversation you're having, you're having with your brother. Every idea that you're generating, if somebody else has already done that idea and they're doing it well, and then you do it, you are now competing with your brother every, every you know, or your sister. And these are things that you really have to take to heart and converse with them. Like if somebody's doing something really well and you want to do it, go to them and work with them, you know, like build unity before before driving division. And I think so, it's so easy for us to separate 
the, uh, the other or their work or their thing from our own framework. And really all that does over time is isolate ourselves. Um, so anyway, those are my thoughts on that. Just from a discernment standpoint, it's like unity is so important. And that's why I think the community of Catholic creatives is important. That's why I think the friendship the two of you have is important. The, like this is how, how we need to model the Christian life. And from that flows joy. And then you think about it's in, you know, one of the letters of Peter, but give cause for your joy or give cause for your hope. You know, like people are attracted to Christianity because they see how joyful and hopeful we are. They see the community that we create, the family that we love. It's not attractive because we have regimented systems for operating, um, though those regimented systems are beautiful and good. So I'm not meaning to say they're bad. They're very good. But the union, the union that we create is 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 the light that shines out from who we are um so yeah the future of catholic creatives let's do that let's do that yeah, please yeah please uh, <laughs> no but but yeah on the realistic side on the future of catholic creatives where so um catholic ventures is the organization that i oversee catholic creatives is a part of catholic ventures catholic ventures i we even had a conversation with this we had like a big you know branding meeting with my team and we were like when do we talk about catholic ventures because it just sounds so corporate like and um it's like we don't like it's more like catholic adventures i guess like like the, uh, the oh, that what, takes me back to VBS 1999. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The um, but what are the like? What are the creative things we can do to build community, to build unity, to lift up the church? Obviously, the world is built on like we have to make money to make these things happen. So how can we create businesses of these things that support each other? And that's really what Catholic Ventures is trying to figure out. Catholic Creatives is a core part of that. Um, and so so. Um, we have, you know, the store, which is a store that lifts up makers. So we lift up creatives and help expose them to a large audience of people. If anybody in the community is interested in us helping to promote your product to a ton of people, let us know. Um, we want to grow our admins and really make like help people understand that being an admin of Catholic creatives is like a missionary effort. It's something that people give their time and hearts to. Um, so if you have an interest in pouring into this community and being an admin, let us know. Uh, we're going to do a lot more to lift up our admins. That's something we've been talking about. And then also support our admins with communities of prayer and things like that. Um, we've been talking a lot about um, doing regular prayer for the larger community um, and recognizing that people pray in different ways. So um, I think I want to unite um, religious with um catholic creatives like the the lay members of catholic creatives because we have a number of religious members too so a dream of mine over the next few years would be to have you know as god works through the different charisms of religious orders to have different prayer groups led by different religious that members of catholic creatives can be a part of um and uh and i think more of this um finding the work in like not not driving Catholic creatives from the top down, but having a healthy um, kind of bottom-up mentality where the work that shines within Catholic creatives is the work of the community and lifting up the voices of the community. Um, and then finally planning towards the next summit. So um, I think that's the, and the, the lifeblood. the next summit is the biggest thing too, because yeah. I'm, I'm worried. So um Ricky, he's a great guy from Art Creative. He works with you guys a lot. He's been, he will have by the time this episode, this conversation with you airs, you know, sort of promoting a great big announcement of, of Catholic Creatives, i.e., you know, the adoption of this podcast. And I'm mildly worried on the periphery of my brain that people are going to be disappointed because they're hoping it's the announcement of the next uh, summit, which I can assure you that I would not, like, I could not be more excited for uh, when that inevitably does happen. Um, but if I can offer some consolation, one of the things that was most exciting to me about this relationship between created things and Catholic creatives, Catholic ventures, um, is that when people, you know, you guys have sort of created it or designed it so that when people support this podcast via the Catholic creatives, Patreon, um, they will be directly contributing both to resources that support artists on the ground level and also which directly go to financing and designing the next 
summit to be, you know, hopefully yep. the best summit we've ever had. And I think the fact that this isn't just like, oh yeah, we have a podcast now and it's two white guys, you know, quirked up with the sauce and you can go listen to it. Right. But rather it's like, no, this is a freaking direction, man. And like, you're, we're actively contributing something and you're, you're contributing something and being a part of this by contributing to something. I just feel excited knowing that when someone donates this podcast, that money isn't going to me, that money is going to a summit that I might be able to attend sooner than later. Um, so I say that both to sort of comfort people that that is happening, that is definitely happening. Um, and two, to invite people to kind of get in on the ground level. Matt, would you, would you mind just, um, as we sort of wrap this up here, uh, just telling people how they can be supportive of those long-term agendas and these dreams that we have for this organization and for this podcast? Yeah, first and foremost, pray for Catholic creatives and pray for this community and pray for God's work, you know, his creative work through the hearts of his people. Um, second, second, you know, we, we try to be a nexus for all of that. And so go to catholiccreatives.org or catholiccreatives.com. Both will get you to the same place. Um, and on our website, we have a support tab, which allows you to join our Patreon and support this podcast, support Catholic creatives, support these initiatives. We, um, uh, and, and particularly drive towards the next summit. Um, so, um, uh, that would be the primary way we have, uh, contact information on the site. So if other people have things that they would like us, you know, like other ideas or other things that they're working on or things that we should be aware of, please contact us and let us know. Um, and, uh, I think that'd be the best place, catholiccreatives.com and then support. And I will also say, you know, you can get in touch with us. If you join the Catholic creatives Facebook group, which obviously is free to join, you know, uh, you guys have generously now made me and Father Gabriel both admins on there. I mean, we want to take kind of a back seat to what you guys are doing. So we're not going to be actively, you know, posting all the time or approving posts necessarily. But um, if you guys have something that you want us to talk about on this podcast, or if you have something you'd like to talk about on this podcast, like we have a real goal. We're talking about the goals of Catholic creatives, but we have a real goal to feature people on this podcast who would never be featured on any other Catholic program, but who have something really profound to say about the arts and really profound to say about faith. And so if you're one of those people and you're saying, man, I've been making like this crazy art in my garage that witnesses to the incarnation or something, or, you know, get in touch with us, like message the group, join the group, become an active poster. We, we really want to facilitate community with you personally, uniquely. And, and I want you to consider this a sincere invitation from both me and Father Gabriel and everybody at Catholic Creatives. Um, we, we want you to be part of the family. And if I, if I could say one thing too on the Facebook group there, when you submit to become a member of the group, it asks you like two questions. Um, that like, why, you know, why are you choosing this group and, and you know, some basic stuff please fill out those questions. I think a lot of people just submit to join the group and don't answer it. And the admins have a policy that if you don't take the time to answer the questions, you're not going to take the time to feed into the group. So those people generally get denied. Um, and I think a lot of good people get denied from joining the group because they don't take the time to just respond why they want to be a part of the group. Um, so please take the time to do that so that you can get into the group. And, and I do think it's important because the group is something that we we desire people contribute to. So, um, um, but yes, um, join the Facebook group, uh, fill out those questions, jump in, start interacting with people, engaging with people, and we'd love to have you. Thanks so much, Matt. Um, this is, I feel like this is just an exciting moment um, for Jacob and I with Creative Things. Um, it's an exciting moment for Catholic creatives. Um, I, I love what Catholic Ventures is doing. Um, I'm grateful for all the work that you've been doing um, and it's a gift to be a part of it. So um, we just give it to God, you know, that we want to enter into this reality of like um, this, this genuinely new venture that, as you say, like, is a real adventure um, to try to create culture, to, to, to allow to form around us 
um, the culture of Jesus Christ uh, in whom and with whom we want to live. Um, and it's, it's a gift uh, for us to be able to part, be part of this, to, to be able to be uh, in this great partnership with you, Catholic Creators and Catholic Ventures. So um, thanks. Matt and to everybody who's listening, anybody who's watching, uh, people who we come, come, we hope very earnestly to get, be able to get to know, to be able to get to be inspired by your creativity, to be able to get to be inspired uh, by the created things that come from your heart. Uh, I'm looking forward to the adventure with you. So go forth and create cool things. You've been listening to Creative Things, a podcast of Catholic creatives, hosted by Father Gabriel Toretta O.P. and Jacob Flores Popcheck, produced by Jessica Flores Popcheck and Kyle Meineke. To find out more about how you can support the podcast and other ventures for artists, visit catholiccreatives.org forward slash support.